Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And Lucy... Yes. We have to admit something this week. So this week's episode is all about uh, Wales, which obviously is not very far away. It's uh, it's just, just on the other side of the country. Fascinating place, but... I don't think either of us have actually properly been there, right? I'm so, I'm genuinely very embarrassed that I've never been. I have Welsh friends as well, and I've never been to Wales. It's awful. Me too, me too. I mean, I was telling Lucy this earlier, but I've literally been to Wales once, and that was to go and visit a paper (laughs) mill uh, just over the Welsh border. And uh, I saw lots of, lots of, lots of paper, and it was, it was in a previous life. It was, um, uh, you know, when I, sort of worked on various different projects and you know uh so did you do anything else or was it did you literally just go to this welsh paper mill i literally stayed in chester went over the border oh right went into a paper mill you've literally back (laughs) okay oh i misunderstood i thought maybe you'd done a couple of other things but you literally just went to a paper mill it was a gray miserable day (laughs) and um so this is the sort of stuff that doesn't make it into dk witness travel guides (laughs) um so i think we've got a guest coming to join us today. <laughs> um, yes. I can't believe on a podcast I've just talked to you about paper mills. Um, uh, but, uh, there we go. Uh, so who do we actually have to talk about uh, Wales? Yes, we're really excited because we have Ben Holbrook joining us. And Ben is a British travel writer, photographer and filmmaker based on the Gower Peninsula in South Wales. Um, he writes the Driftwood Journals blog where, in his own words, he's in search of meaningful experiences, local traditions, culture and gastronomy. Ah, so welcome, Ben. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Good morning, Ben. Lovely to have you here. So uh, to quickly run through what we'll be talking about in today's episode, firstly, we'll get to know Ben a little bit as well as getting an overview of Wales. And then we'll hear some of the best things to do there, finishing off by discussing the present day and what's on the horizon. (music) 
So Ben, tell us, how did you end up living in Wales? Well, the the boring version is that I'm I'm kind of born and bred in Wales. I'm I'm from from here. My family's from mm-hmm. South Wales. Um, but the the interesting version, I suppose, is that is that I, I left when I was twenty twenty five or something. I I moved to London mm-hmm. and then yep. moved to Spain and okay. um, lived for ten years, uh, eleven years actually, in, in in London and in Barcelona and Lovely. in Asturias in northern Spain, wow. which was amazing. And you know, I was a travel writer, and my job was kind of you know, eating and drinking wine and staying in fancy hotels for, for a long time. But um, but I miss Wales, you know. I, I was really homesick the whole time. And um, I just kind of realised that, you know, I have we have all the culture, we have the landscapes, we have the sea, the history, we have our own language. And um, and I, I ended up moving back, back home to Wales just before COVID, obviously not related ah. to COVID. Mm. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I mean, you know, I thought, when we went into lockdown, I thought, God, am I going to miss traveling? Am I going to miss being, you know, in Spain? And But I've had such a, a fantastic experience coming home and rediscovering, in a sense, my own my own culture, my own history. So, um, yeah, and, you know, here I am, and very happily so. We've had a lot of people come on the podcast and talk about their lockdowns in their the cities or, wherever, you know, specifically where they're living and rediscovering places, as in on their own back garden. I imagine that being in lockdown in Wales was wonderful. If you're going to be anywhere, I can imagine Wales was just gorgeous, a gorgeous place to be. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, you know, we were famous for our beaches mm. and it was almost eerie, really, that we would go for um, a daily walk with the dog and the beaches, you know, very, normally quite busy, not massively busy but they were just deserted you know and um you know obviously because we can we can walk to a lot of them so it was um it was incredible i mean you wanted to be outdoors you know kind of cooped up all the time Mm -hmm. yeah so um we really made the most of our you know five minutes of freedom (laughs) but we were (laughs) allowed to go but yeah it was it was great but relatively you know (laughs) of course of course but yeah, uh, so, uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the uh, about the Gower Peninsula? I've never actually been, Ben. So to anyone like me who's never been, uh, how would you kind of introduce and describe it? Well, the Gower Peninsula, I mean, that's my, you know, it's, I'm very, very passionate about it. It's a, a relatively small piece of land mm. and it, it is a peninsula, obviously, but it feels more like an island. So it's, um, it's only a, a few miles wide and a few miles, you know, and you could see the whole thing. You could drive around the the whole peninsula in less than an hour, probably. Wow! But you're you're never more than say ten, fifteen minutes away from the sea. Yeah. So it's this kind of it's almost like a world within a mm. world, and um, it has its own culture. It has, you know, all of the beauty spots. I would say, or you know, the majority of them in South Wales are on the peninsula. Mm. Mm. So um, I actually live it at the um in, in a village called Penclaug, which is kind of the gateway to the to the Gower. Although a lot of the villages claim to be the gateway to the Gower, you know, so it depends <laughs> who you're talking to. But but it's a rural area. It's you know mostly farmland. Yeah. Mm. It's farmland and then stunning beaches, you know. Uh, and yeah. then of course you've got all the pubs in between. But um you know the, the, there isn't a city. The nearest city is Swansea, which is you know half an hour away. Um and then it's just tiny little villages, you know. My, my village is a coal mining village, mm-hmm. or it was, you know, many, many years ago. And, um, yeah, so it's very rural, um, but this very, very special place that people, a lot of people come here to holiday and kind of just fall in love with the place and either mm-hmm. try and move here or end up coming back every single year 
for their summer holidays or, or you know, come in the winter as well, you know. But it's, it's a very special coastal farmland magical <laughs> world. How many people live in your village, Ben? Uh, well, I don't know them all. But I would say that there must be, uh, I mean, maybe in this village, it's probably the biggest one or one of the biggest ones, maybe a couple of thousand, you know, it's not teeny yeah. tiny. Yeah. Um, but there are villages where you're, you know, probably less than a hundred or, you know, a hundred wow. or so. So, um, but they're, they're very, they're very much like villages, you know, yes. and that you feel almost like you're in the past. Um, and that's one of the things I love about it is uh, I, I read a a few lines from a poem just coincidentally this morning and it said something like there is no there is no um what is it there is no future in wales there is no present there is only the past you know and you you kind of feel that you you're constantly um coming across things that take you back to a different points in time um but it's yeah they're very special each village has its own character you know and its own pub. Well, I was going to ask, speak, <laughs> speaking of pubs, I was going to ask, like, obviously <laughs> you talked about uh, working in Spain and doing food and drink. Uh, what, what's the situation like in, in the Gower? What, what is there to eat and drink? It's, uh, you know, it's pub culture, yep. and it's, um, but it's also kind of uh, farm-to-table mm, kind of culture mm. as well and seasonal. Nice. So, you know, I mean, the, the, we have our own kind of traditional... Um, dishes but I suppose where I should really start is uh Pen Cloud the, the village I'm in is famous it's on an estuary so um you know it's kind of like leading out to the sea but it's it's famous for cockles and lava bread yeah so lava bread I mean have you have you guys heard of lava bread it's no, uh, I, 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 don't I have know what heard lava of lava bread, bread. I've never tried it though I've, I've always wanted to but yes that's uh... <laughs> well it's it's basically it's seaweed mm. and um, okay but it, as far as I know, it's the same or the same sort of family of seaweed that they use in Japanese sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And lava bread. I don't know why the bre- what the bread has to do with it because um, I think it's what, the way they used to make it is like they would knead it. You know, now I think they just kind of use a machine to sure. whip it into shape. But um, but yeah, I mean that's not to say that we uh, you know we're famous for cockles, which are <laughs> sort of kind of um, uh, shellfish. But um, that's not all we eat, you know. It's a lot of pub. It's about the Sunday roast, yep. um, yes. you know, locally sourced uh, vegetables and, and meat, of course, because lamb, you know, Welsh lamb mm-hmm. is very, very famous. And, and so it should be. So, um, I mean, it's a great place to eat. Uh, if if you're into, you know, hearty kind of, you know, country food, really, the pubs are just fantastic. Well, I, I, one of the few um, things I know about lava bread is it's like a key component of like a Welsh breakfast as well, right? It's a... Uh... Well, I'm impressed, yeah, because a lot of a lot of people say, "What's the difference between a Welsh breakfast and an English breakfast?" And and that's it, basically, is that we we kind of put on a dollop of um, cockles and lava bread as well as the you know the rest of it. So yeah, to, I mean, talk about you know a hearty way to start. Lovely. I can't say I personally like to have uh, seaweed with my breakfast, but <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to come, that's you've got to have a Welsh breakfast. You know, yeah, yeah. This is speaking to me. I'm I'm it's pretty cold in London I I have actually got a hot water bottle on my lap and yeah. so tucking into we're not even that far after breakfast as well <laughs> chunk, yes exactly a good <laughs> chunk of lava bread would set me up for the day perfectly oh yeah, yeah. some cockles <laughs> don't forget the cockles don't forget the cockles so I mean Ben you have hit on a lot I mean is there one particular thing that you love about the Gower or is it you know it, you know you hit on the fact that it's got a culture of its own is, is it too hard to sort of pin down on one thing that you just love about it it's what it, it is 
you know, it's a cliche, but it is one of those things that is very difficult to describe in words. It, it's a feeling. Mm. It is. There's a warmth to it. And it's almost the, that kind of like shared passion for the place that everyone has. And, you know, you, you, you're on the beach walking and you see someone and there's a nod of kind of like, you know, understanding that, God, you know, this is just incredible. You know, so the sunsets, if you're walking on a beach at sunset, um, and it's just, it's just, it is, a, it's a, it's a whole culture within itself. You know, it's mm -hmm. the outdoors. You're, you're always by the beach, you're always by the sea. Um, and everyone's kind of trying to make the most of that all, all time. So, you know, there's always people surfing or paddleboarding if there are no mm -hmm. waves or, um, you know, swimming, just kind of swimming in the sea and all, all year round, you know, I mean, I, I think they're crazy personally because <laughs> obviously the water's absolutely freezing, yeah. you know, but, um, but I think what's special about it is just it's it's the way of life that mm. that exists here that is afforded by the landscape and by the proximity of everything. It's so close, you know. So you have so you have no regrets about that making that move from Spain. Are you fully fully entrenched in being back in Wales now? I am, and it's funny because a lot of people were kind of like, "God, you moved back for you? Are you crazy?" You know, but <laughs> it's. Um, the, and also, I mean, the weather is not as bad as I remember it. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's always wet and windy in Wales. Yeah. But I think, you know, if it, it's no it's no better or worse than the rest of the UK, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on a good day, I mean, this summer, there were many, many days where it was just too hot for me to go out at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in the summertime, there's there's nowhere better, really. Wow. It's a... Uh... It's another another trip for you, Lucy. I think I can tell. I feel like the Welsh breakfast <laughs> yeah, exactly. made me sold. And you're saying all the right things. <laughs> Be turning up at your door, saying, "Should go to yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Ben, uh, sort of expanding our lens a little bit further out. Um, what are the kind of main highlights in Wales that you can't miss on a trip? Well, I think you know, in a in a in a word, the outdoors. Mm -hmm. You know, that's. That's really, I think a lot of people, you know, when I was living abroad and I'd meet kind of Americans or people from all over the world and they would say, okay, if I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Wales and, you know, wh where are the cities that I should go and, and yeah. visit? And, um, you know, obviously we have, C Cardiff is our, our capital and it's an amazing city, but really I think to get to the heart of Wales, to the kind of the soul of it, you've got to go, you've got to explore the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to do that, I think I would say start with the, the coast. Um, so, um, Wales is okay. And, and I don't know, again, this is maybe one of our kind of legends that we've uh, made up ourselves, but apparently we have, we're the first country in the world <laughs> to have, um, a formal footpath around the entire coast mm -hmm. of the country. So from North to South, yeah. um, and it's, uh, it's 861 miles, um, wow. I believe. And it literally just hugs the whole coast from North to South. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to do that. In uh, you know you, you, could, you need months really to do that. You need to be very um, quick to lifetime. do it in a few days. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's one of my dreams actually to kind of do it with a kind of wild camping tent on, on yeah. my back and just. But you know, maybe better to do it in in stretches. You know, so um, but but what I would say is that if you're coming to Wales, um, that's where I would almost start. Is like just choose a section of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always going to probably recommend uh kind of west wales or south wales where i am but just um you know just pull up at a beach and it doesn't matter where really because you know that you can join the footpath 
and just mm, walk for, for an hour or so. Um, and, 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 and you're going to end up at another beach and there's going to be a cafe on the beach and you can yeah. have coffee and, and then just turn around and walk back. So there's the beaches, the coast, the Wales coast path is the name. And, um, and then, and then the mountains, you know, I mm. mean, um, you can't really talk about Wales without talking about the mountains. The the tallest or the, the you know the our big kind of draw is Snowdon. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys walked Snowdon at all? Or I haven't. I've only done Scarfell Pike, which is you know right. pales in comparison, obviously, to Snowdon and Ben Nevis. I don't even know how tall Snowdon is. I've also is. only done Scarfell Pike. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's. I think it relatively. It's not like the biggest mountain you know in the world, and I think it's smaller than. Ben Nevis, ben but um, Nevis, yeah. but it's definitely you know it's not something that you want to um, do kind of lightheartedly. Mm-hmm. No, um, but you could do it in a day. You could go to um, to Snowdon, and of course, if if the beauty of Snowdon is that there's a the famous steam train which which will take you up. You know, if you don't fancy walking, ah. um, you can still enjoy the. That you know, sounds good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I think I think that's why it's so popular. Yeah, yeah. but. Um, that, so there's Snowdon and also Penavan, which is in the Brecon Beacons, which is even which is much closer to where I am uh, in the south. And uh, Penavan is actually, I mean, it's probably, you know, I don't know, a hundred meters or so, you know, a couple of hundred meters smaller. But it's okay. a it's a much easier walk. Saying that, I did it recently, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I, it absolutely killed me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my my legs, you know, I'm relatively fit, but. I had a big backpack and I got to the top and I thought, you know. How long did it take you to get to the top? An hour, you, you could do it in an hour and a half comfortably. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm stopping every two footsteps to take 100 photos. So <laughs> yes. You know, um, yeah. I'm, I was a bit slower, but Penavan and Snowden, I think, you know, if you're interested in walking. Um, but I think, again, just, just to go back to what I was saying, to, to really get to, to understand Wales it's the outdoors, it's the, the coast, the beaches and the well, mountains. We've touched on two of the national parks as well there in terms of you've got Snowdonia, where Snowdon is, and you've got the Brecon Beacons too, yep. where Penaven is, um, which are uh-huh. both kind of stunning kind of areas of natural beauty, really uh, rival anything in the whole of the UK, right? Uh, well, I would say, you know, they, they probably are the most beautiful spots in the UK. You know, again, I would say that, but really, I mean, you know, I, uh, Brecon is, you know, quite close to, to where I'm from. So I've been there more so than anywhere else, uh, mountain wise. And every time I go, it's just like, my God, you know, mm. it's, uh, it is, I mean, it's just magical. I'm sorry to use that word <laughs> <laughs> again, but it's, it really is just, it's very special, you know, and, um, I mean, dramatic and it just sort of comes from nowhere. You know, It's like, you're kind of driving along and then geez, you're in Brecon, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, but yeah, there's also Brecon Beacons. You have the little town. So Brecon, the little town of Brecon, very beautiful, charming. Um, I mean, maybe you could call it a village, but there's a lot around the the mountains as well. Mm. I was going to say, I've, I've been sort of driving near Wales quite a number of times and you kind of do notice, you start to suddenly see mountains come out of the background from absolutely nowhere. It's yeah, quite surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, crazy. Ben, are there sort of some like lesser known places that you'd recommend to people, perhaps like for a different perspective? Yeah, there's some, um, there's somewhere which I <laughs> kind of remember going as a child and just one of those things where it's like, 
was that a real place or did, did I just imagine that? Or was that a book that I read and, and just... But there's a place called uh, Port Myrian. Yes. Uh, which I don't know if you guys yeah, have heard yeah. of. And it's in, it's in West Wales. And, uh, I mean, the story is fascinating in itself. So there was a very, very eccentric architect. And I can't even pronounce his name. But he was, you know, Sir OBEs, you know, very, very, very famous. And um, I believe his roots were in Wales. So I think after you know, earning lots and lots of money, designing beautiful buildings and uh, around the world, yeah? I mean, all, all mm. sorts of, uh, not just in, in the UK, but he came back to Wales and, as I understand, he bought, like, a, an expansive cliff land, you know, land on, on this cliff looking over the water. And um, I don't know if you guys have been to the Amalfi Coast in Italy. Yes. And everything's kind yeah. of like perched on yes. one of my yes. favourite places in the world. Well, I, I think he went there and just thought, right, I want to do this in Wales. And um, so he built this miniature Italian village um, in Wales, in West Wales. And um, it's on the cliffs overlooking like an estuary. Um, but it's got, um, you know, it's got piazzas and frescoes and uh, Gothic pavilions and it's the works. It's all there. It's like and, a range um, of like, it's almost like Italy's best architectural hits, isn't it? Um, it's one of my favourite exactly, like yes. spreads in any DKI Witness Guide is the, the Port Marion one. Because, um, yeah. yeah, it's just so kind of strange. Like, it's everything from like Roman architecture onwards. And he's kind of... Yeah. So, well, what yeah. was interesting is that he... Because um, when he was designing something for somebody, you know, they're always rich people, I guess. He would say, OK, I'll design you a new, um, I don't know, pool area. But can I have your lobby? Can I have the dome off the top of your lobby? You know, or if there was a castle being demolished um, nearby, he would take. He would ask to have the stones. Yeah. And he would actually use that then to build his, you know, village. I mean, and it is a whole village. You know, it's sprawling, amazing, colourful. You know, all the terracotta and the peach and um, pastel colours. It's. Uh, I just think it's very, very unique. You know, and and. Yeah. Um, mystical almost yeah it's it's amazing it's one of those places it's on my kind of list of, of somewhere i've always wanted to go you said you sort of seen it as a as a child have you been back uh since you've been back in wales or have you got any plans to go back i'm desperate to go back now you know I've, it's one of the places um that yeah i you know it's been 11 years and then i came back and it was lockdown so i've only been able to explore mm -hmm. kind of locally of course yeah and the brecon beacons recently but um but there's also, there's another place um, which I think is really special and kind of, you know, not, not so much of a secret, but it's not talked about so much, which is a small village called Lan, which mm. is also in West Wales. Mm. And um, I mean, I imagine you guys have heard of Dylan Thomas, uh, the poet. Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite famous, right? He's, uh... he's quite famous. You know, he's probably our most famous, you know, Welshman. Um, yeah. And sadly, you know, he died very young, but he spent, I mean, I could talk, we could do a whole podcast on Dylan mm -hmm. Thomas and, um, and a fascinating character, but he spent his last three, three or four years in, in Lan, and it's this tiny little village. And you think he was quite famous at the time. And what, what he, he was famous, but he wasn't rich. He didn't mm -hmm. have any money. And I think from what I've learned, he had a patron who kind of, you know, there's always said um, this is Dylan Thomas's house, and it's this beautiful boathouse, and it's again perched right on the on the cliff, looking over the the water. And I mean, it looks like it's surprising that it's still there. I don't know how it hasn't fallen in. But then just up from from there, you've got this little shed that he uh, his writing shed, mm. and that I mean, 
it's quite bizarre. It's this tiny little shed. You go in and there's a window looking over the water in it, and it's just the quintessential poet's, yeah. you know, writing shed. Um, yeah. But I think that, uh, you know, Lan, it's kind of like this secret little village. Um, and I think that's what he based um, Under Milk Wood on, which is mm. his most famous ah. play. It was uh, um, a play for, you know, for the people, by the people, and where they were playing themselves. So it's... Um, it started as a radio radio play, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of his, I think, you know, it was 1920s or whatever, I guess he was, well, maybe, sorry, don't quote me on that, but, you know, it was um, kind of before television, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. So it was radio plays were like yeah. what we would now consider a Netflix series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just, I think Lan is special because it's, you know, you've got his house there, which is set up that you can go inside and it has what he would have had like his little sofa and his knickknacks and you would have seen yeah. how they lived at that time so it's kind of like a, a historical experience as well but um also like the you know the famous um brown's hotel and pub where he used to go with his mm. cronies and kind of uh, drink himself <laughs> silly is still there so you can go there and have a pint and it would be like okay that's where dylan thomas would have sat with his friends and um yeah so you can literally kind of walk in his footsteps kind of get a literally sense of yeah the place behind his work as well his grave is there he's buried there mm. i believe so if you're wow. a, you know if you're interested in learning about him or you know if, if you're a fan as i am then i think it's almost like a p- pilgrimage that you have to make is to go to land there's also a, a castle there mm. you know and I think us Welsh, we're a little bit blasé mm. about that. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a castle. You know? but, it's just, a, just uh, a standard in the Welsh countryside. Oh, yeah, there's a castle too. There's a beach and there's a... Exactly, you know. yeah. Okay, so can you go into his... Did, can, did you say he has like a writing shed? Can you actually go into the writing shed? I think... I'm not sure if they open it to the... Um, mm, maybe, the public, yeah. But certainly you can kind of peer inside. And it's only, <sighs> you know, you know, two metres by two metres sort of thing. So... I mean, you can see the whole thing, but wow. they've got it. So his desk is there with his like cardigan on the back of his chair. Oh, lovely! And the the, the paper basket full of, you know, discarded yeah. poems. And oh. I mean, it is. You could almost believe that it. You know, it's as he left it. Kind yeah, of thing. he just you pops know. it out to get a cup of tea, and he's coming. Yeah, back. well, probably, probably a, or, a few glasses whiskey. of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like. But, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. we're going to do a couple of quick fire questions now on uh, on Wales, Ben. Okay. Um, don't worry, uh, but we will be demanding answers that are very quick and the first things that come into your right. head. So um, mm-hmm. if you're ready, we'll get going. Um, so I, okay. if you had to choose um, sort of a place for each of these activities, where would they be? So firstly, a place to eat mm-hmm. in Wales, anywhere to eat in Wales. Okay, I think uh, it's, uh, th- there's, a, there's a beach called Oxwich Bay, and it's on the Gower coast, and there's um, there's a restaurant called the Beach House, and they've got a Michelin star, and but they not Michelin star prices, mm. you know. So you can go there, and it's I mean right on the beach, you know. I think the waves hit it sometimes when the tide's high, so maybe don't go then. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's, I would say go there and have you know locally sourced kind of uh, seasonal food, but you know Michelin star quality. Amazing, amazing, Fab. great choice, uh, Lucy. Next one. So the next one is where would you go in Wales for a view or what's your favourite view? I think I would have to agree with most people. And again, sorry, it's on the Gower Peninsula. <laughs> it's uh, Rossilli Bay. <laughs> Sensing a theme. Yeah, I'm afraid most of it will be uh, the Gower Peninsula. But Rossilli Bay is um, probably the most famous beach in in uh, in Wales, if not in mm. the UK. 
And uh, it's been voted like the mo- one of the most beautiful top 10 beaches in the world, you know, so by mm. lots of big publications. But Rossilli Bay, at, you know, when the sun is setting and there's Worm's Head, which is like this big island that goes out into the sea, uh, which is the Norse word for dragon, by the way. So Worm's Head, meaning dragon, oh. you know, okay. don't, don't ask. But that that's, I mean, it's just spectacular. Cool. Awesome. So next up, uh, your favourite day activity. Um Surfing, yeah, surfing. surfing. Okay, I, I would. I mean, that's one of the the biggest things that's been amazing about coming home is that I've got back into surfing. And um, uh, again, the Gower, well, all around the <laughs> West Wales, <laughs> is but the Gower Coast, um, Clangeneth uh, Beach, Clangeneth Bay, which is also a small village. I would, you could spend the day there. So you, you go, um, go to Hill End, park your car, walk over the dunes, go surfing, and it's it's a really sandy. Um, beach so it's the perfect place to um to learn to surf you've never you've never mm-hmm. surfed that's yeah. the place to learn there are loads of schools um surf schools nearby so i would go there i'd spend the day surfing and this is kind of what i do when i have free time uh spend the day surfing and then go to the king's head pub in the mm-hmm. village and yeah well, and and and, and then, re- then the rest is history that's yeah <laughs> yeah that's my perfect day. So you mentioned the King's Head pub. So then how about your favourite place to have a drink? Is it there? Is it somewhere else? Um, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, God, there, there are so many um, great pubs around. I think what the, other, the other classic is called the, the King Arthur. Mm. And um, it's in, uh, in a very small village called Reynoldston. And it's very rural, you know, um, you definitely would want to drive there. You're not going to wait for a bus to get there, but it's uh, you know it's got the classic wooden beamed uh, fireplaces, roaring fires. Oh, lovely! Um, in the summer, they have you know uh, hanging flowers on the front, and it's just a very very old pub. And um, and go in there and, and get get a beer from the Gower Brewery. So we got a local mm-hmm. brewery, which is like cool. I mean, it's literally down the road, and have some Gower, a pint of Gower Gold, sit by the fire. Listen to the, you know, the old guys telling their stories. Nowhere better, Perfect. really. To quote, to quote yourself, yeah. it sounds magical. Definitely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the jagged peaks of the Scottish Highlands and dramatic moors of the Peak District to the sweeping sands of Norfolk and the wild coast of Wales, Great Britain boasts miles of spectacular landscape to hike, bike and explore. Our DKI Witness Great Britain Guide brings the country to life, getting you closer to your next adventure like no other travel guide does. With expert-led insights and advice, detailed breakdowns of all the must-see sites and inspiring photography. Get your copy wherever you get your books or via the link in our episode bio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So Ben, um, we wanted to ask you a bit about kind of the present and future of Wales. And could you tell us a little bit, you've already mentioned it slightly in terms of you moved back during COVID, but how has, has Wales kind of fared in recent times? Um, how has the kind of last uh, strange year and a half or so been? Hmm. I think it's... Um... It's been unusual in the sense that it's it's been busier than mm. ever in terms of tourism because I think mm. obviously, you know, people are kind of unable to travel outside of the UK, so they're exploring more of the UK. And it's like all of a sudden, oh, they they realize Wales is just you know, like it's just there. It's an just hour there. or two away from <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's just there and, and all these beaches and you know, camping was obviously allowed um before I think I don't quite remember how it was, but, you know, people were camping, people discovered the great outdoors. And um, it's all of the things that we've always had and always kind of um, enjoyed as part of our culture. But it was encouraged, I guess, for, you know, people to come and, and do more mm. of because we're, we're so well set up for it. You know, if, if you want to go mountain biking or something or hiking or surfing or, you know, we've got it all. So, mm. so really what happened is that as a result of COVID, it, initially it just went, as I was saying, like completely dead and you could go to a beach that, you know, you could only get to because you're allowed to walk yeah. to yeah. to it. Yeah. And it was, um, there's no one there. And then it went from that to just almost where, you know, as I was saying, I lived in Barcelona and I kind of saw over tourism mm. and the, the mm. negative effects. And, and I felt like, God, am I like a curse? <laughs> you know, it's like wherever I go, I, you know, the, all of a sudden we're struggling from over tourism. There were a few months this summer where it was, uh, it was, it was just a bit of a strain on local people, local businesses. And, you know, I, I heard a few stories of, um, people getting bad reviews because, you know, they're saying like, Oh, we, we weren't went to this, you know, famous cafe on the beach and we had to wait for ages for our food. And, and they would say, yeah, but we're, we're really struggling, mm. you know. It's like we're yeah. not used to this. Uh, it's too much. The, yeah. All of the camps, yeah. like you couldn't book a, a camp, camping spot at Plangeneth, you know, for example. I mean, I think uh, there's the same it can be said for, for the Lake District, for Cornwall and Devon, for, for yeah. Scotland as well. Yeah, you, you, you hear the kind of stories of because it's mostly been domestic travel for people mm. in the UK exactly, in the past year, yeah. it's, it's been quite difficult and a, and a real stretch on resources at times. Yeah. Um, I think the the difference is just that we we're not so used to mm. that like historically. You know, I I read a, a number recently, and it was something like of all the people that, that come to the UK for you know from abroad to, to travel within the UK, only something like two percent of them or three percent get to mm. Wales. Really? So uh, Corn, Cornwall's beaches are you know far more yeah you know famous and probably overcrowded than than ours um, in the summer months. But it was almost like this. This summer, we got a taste of that, you know. Um, so, on the other hand, it's been good because it's been nice that so many people have discovered um, Wales and, you know, moving forward, it, it'll be good for the local economy. And, and um, you know, it, it is a big part of what we have to offer is, uh, you know, our, our leisure kind of um, offering. So, mm. and cultural, of course, but... 
Well, I think he um, kind of touched on yeah, surfing it's... and stuff as well. And I think lots of people, and paddle boarding oh. and things like that. Lots of people have found new mm. activities and hobbies, cycling too. That Wales is perfectly yes. kind of set up for as well. I know there's like the Lonlas Cymru route, which looks like a really amazing cycle route in Wales. Oh, they're cycling crazy. Honestly, everywhere you go, it's just, you know, and they're like, you think they must be professional, you know, because they're really Because there's a lot of hills, everything. right? <laughs> there is a lot of gradient. Yeah. It kind of remains to be seen really what the long-term effects are, but hopefully that infrastructure will kind of come up as well and and it won't be so much of a drag on kind of resources next time round. I think it it was almost like a good training period for us, you know, because it's Mm. like, you know, um, it's almost like, you know, careful what you wish for. If if we, we want tourism and it's like, this kind of made us realize maybe that we can do a bit more to, to prepare for it. Um, Mm. So hopefully now I think, you know, it was just a little taster and moving forward, we have more tourism um, that, which we, we'll welcome and I think we'll be better prepared for it you know and it'll just work better you know. We're obviously hurtling towards um, 2022 is there a particular kind of time of year that would be is there an optimum time to visit or a time that you'd recommend listeners go to Wales? Yeah I think I think it's the sort of place you can go at any time you know I mean even in the depths of winter there's something very special about walking along Mm -hmm. the beach it's really blustery you know in a way it's almost like at its best you know the waves are like crashing and yeah I was talking about Rossilli and uh we call it Worm's Head the reason it's called Worm's Head is because uh in terms of the dragon's head you know it's a Norse word for dragon and at the end there's a a blowhole (laughs) and when the the waves crash in it sprays up this massive Uh, and it's almost like a fire, you know, Ooh. we have got a, a dragon on our flag, you know. Mm. Um, yes, of course. But yeah. that's almost like the, the, the fire-breathing dragon. I mean, that, that kind of like but dramatic anyway. scenery must come out in winter, though. It's uh... Exactly. So I, I don't think, I wouldn't, I'd never say like, oh, don't, don't come here in winter, you know, it's going to be wet and windy, because that's part of the, the charm of it. But um, definitely spring, you know, kind of the shoulder seasons are perfect. So spring, early summer, um, you know, I mean, this summer it was just manic. As I, as I was saying, I was avoiding some of the beaches because it was just... Too busy. It was just so... Yeah, I mean, they're country roads. Yeah? I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say a lot of it is just farmland and, you know, the mm. little lanes. Then, So <laughs> you get a lot of people who aren't used to driving in sure. one... You know, there are only, only enough room for one car. And um, But saying that, you know, on a sunny day at the beaches here in Wales, up a mountain, I mean, it's just glorious. So, you know... Come in, come in the summer, but make sure that you're kind of prepared for, you know, be, have a bit more time. So if you're waiting, you're not feeling, oh, my God, we've, we've only got to, yeah. today. And, yeah. you know, so I would say um, come in the summer. But then if you can, um, for example, I, I when I hiked up Penavan recently, I did it in sort of September. Um, you know, so it was kind of like the summer that the the height of summer had kind of fizzled out. But I knew that it, it was it was still a nice um temperature still sunny but um i knew that there weren't gonna be like crazy crowds trying to get to the top so you know come at any time but just if you can um spring early summer or Mm. late summer even into august i mean i'm looking out the window now you know it's um it's definitely autumn but it's blue skies crisp you know perfect for walking or you know getting out and about i mean yeah, so come anytime, but you know, have some patience if you do come at one of those busy points. And in the summer, yeah, I think you know it does just 
suddenly, you know, but I think you could say in, you know, it's the same for anywhere really in, in the UK. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and finally, kind of um, what's on the horizon in Wales? So are there any kind of, now we're kind of, as Lucy says, we're hurtling towards 2022. Um, I don't want to say COVID and restrictions are over because they, but touch word, we are, we are, yes. they are looking better at least. Uh, so are there any kind of big events planned next year cultural highlights yes. um, festivals etc yeah and i think more so than than ever in a sense because you know we've had mm. so much has been cancelled and um yes across the you know not just in wales but across the uk so i think 2022 is kind of the year we're all looking forward to returning with gusto you know and so i think you know in terms of in wales yeah. um well the first one i should mention is saint david's day which is saint david is our patron saint so He's kind of, you know, what St. Patrick is to Ireland. So that's the 1st of March. And that's kind of like a spring festival. Um, we celebrate all things Welsh. And you'll see lots of like Welsh rugby shirts and daffodils and and leeks, which I <laughs> never quite understand. But, you know, like the leek, the vegetable. And we, we, we kind of pin them to our <laughs> yeah. jumpers. And I don't... <laughs> uh, So St. David's Day, uh, 1st of March is, you know, uh, a good one. Um, the Eisteddfod, uh, which is... Um, it's a massive, probably the biggest celebration of Welsh language and culture with lots of like Welsh mm-hmm. male voice choirs and, you know, kind of classical music and uh, poetry readings. Um, that's in, in August, I believe. So it's, it's normally a week long okay. um, event. Um, there's also the, um, the Hay Festival, which is a literary mm-hmm. festival um, in Hay, very famous in our circles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Hay on White, and that's um, I think I'm not sure if they had to cancel completely um, this year, but you know that'll be. I I'm definitely going to try and go um, next year. That's mm-hmm. I believe the end of May, sort of early June, mm-hmm. and um, yes, yeah, Hay Hay on Wye, and then there's the Breck and Jazz Festival, which is a month long festival in um, in August. And so I, I just think, really, I mean, 2022, they're going to be insane. You know, I think that's that's the year. I, I'm going to make sure I try and go to all of them. You know? <laughs> Catch up. So so it's really kind of like yeah. back in action. Yeah. I was just looking up um, uh, one of the festivals I always wanted to go to was uh, Festival Number 6, which was actually in Port Marion. No way. Um, right. uh, but sadly, it seems to have finished. They, they, really? they, they're not coming back with it, at, at least for now. But if it ever comes back, they, there's a message on their website saying, that they want to come back um uh i'd highly recommend that that's always got some amazing bands on but actually putting that with port merion my god that would be so yeah fun. um they should i mean now's the time for them to to do it because people are just desperate <laughs> yeah 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 if you're out there if you're listening festival number six come back please and uh, <laughs> uh but it sounds like you know next year is gonna really come back with a bang uh for wales yeah definitely yeah. lots of very exciting stuff going on so yeah. Um, so that kind of brings us to the end of our kind of whistle stop tour of Wales with Ben. Um, I say whistle stop tour of Wales. We've seen a lot of Wales, but we've also seen a lot of the Gower Peninsula, which is amazing. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of surprised you're not jumping on the train right now. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I have a reputation for having speechless, <laughs> but Ben, I'm being serious. We will go for a, a Welsh breakfast yes. and a walk along the beach. And yes. I won't go surfing. You'll find me in the pub afterwards, but I support yeah. you if Drinking you do choose to go surfing. And that pint of Gower Gold. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god 
but yeah, it would be lovely to come out and see and see you over there. And um, mainly, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time this morning. Um, taking us through Wales hearing about your kind of your big move as well and good luck with uh uh with that as as things kind of continue um but uh before you go um just to kind of pinpoint people if they want to kind of find out a little bit more about what you do and uh your adventures in Wales and outside of Wales as well uh they can follow you on at Driftwood Journals is that correct? Yeah Driftwood Journals is my my blog and um I believe that's kind of my handle on lots of social media but either Driftwood Journals or Ben Holbrook you'll find me yes yes do so but yeah thank, thanks so much Ben uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast yes, and yes, we'll hopefully you, see you very soon thank you very much <laughs> thank you very much thank you <laughs> a huge thank you to Ben for filling us in on all things Wales I mean yes uh, I'm feeling much more well read now on Wales I must say yes that is um uh really really inspiring i mean i feel like we've been missing out lucy i do and also you know he, he sort of said benton you know i keep using the word magical but everything he was saying i just thought no no you're right this sounds really magical it just yeah desperate to go it really really does and i think that it sounds like there's so much to explore but especially the gower peninsula i think we've been told yes and next time james mm-hmm. on our next mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. we will be talking to mary gray who's based in florence italy ah fantastic yes um uh, so i know mary has been working with uh, some of the DK team on an exciting new book um, indeed yes uh, recently so it will be great to talk to her about all things Florence um, which yeah. you any excuse to go to Italy is wonderful absolutely absolutely <laughs> so and we haven't done an Italy episode for a while actually so um, this will be pretty exciting so listener you can join us then in two weeks time and but for now um, it's bye from me and bye from me see you soon where to Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Your support means so much to us. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.